This is Jeff Chrisman, and I'm here today at ArtSpace and Untitled, uh, visiting with Laura Warner, the founder of ArtSpace and Untitled. Laura, thank you so much for taking the time to visit today. Sure, thank you. Appreciate it. I thought what we would do to start out, if I could ask you uh, to share with listeners who have maybe heard of ArtSpace but have not been here, to maybe get a little bit of an overview of, of what you all do here. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> we are a fully functional art center We have exhibitions, we have a printmaking studio that there is nothing like it anywhere outside of a university setting. So we have something like four etching presses, one lithography press, and we have a dark room with uh, exposure units that will do, uh, that will expose either uh, silkscreen or plate lithography. We have um, a Heidelberg press and another proofing press uh, called a Vandercook and over 200 cases of lead type and wood type. So we have a really extensive uh, printmaking studio with two large format printers as well, an Epson and a uh, Canon printer. So we have workspace upstairs and downstairs. We have room for 12 open studio artists who pay monthly to come here and work in a studio environment. A collaboration is our big focus. We have classes and workshops in textiles, paper, mixed media and printmaking of course and then we also have a huge mentorship program where we work with 10 different high schools in Oklahoma City these students come and work in the space every month as a group and we take one group at a time we take 12 students from each of these high schools So they come and work together as a group one day every month for three years. And then on their off times, they are always welcome to come on weekends, any throughout the summer, and any time that they want to, to come in here and work, we have somebody that will work with them. So we make a difference in these kids' lives. I mean, it's amazing how we've seen what we do open some eyes and really make these kids excited about something. So that's one of our programs. We have live music on Saturday nights and and that's how we try to support. We are in the middle of Deep Deuce, so we try to bring jazz and blues back into the Deuce and So we partner with uh, Deep Deuce Sessions, and then we have our own program called City Sounds, where we bring music in two Saturdays a month. It's outside venues in the warm weather and inside in the cold weather. Then we have a visiting artist program where we bring 
artist from outside the community in to live here in the space and to work and interact with the local artist. Then we also bring, we also have four artists and residents who are local who come and work for three months at a time. <clears throat> they have access to all of the equipment in the building at no cost to them. And the requirement is that they do an addition to print and we give them half of the addition and we keep half. We have, I'm trying to think of all of the other kinds of programming that we have. We show films, we have a program called 40 Minutes or Less. We are the only film program in Oklahoma City that specializes only in short films. Mm. And uh, so our program is strictly short films. And we meet every other month. And you can go to our website at 1ne3.org. And that is the numeral 1. NE stands for Northeast. And the numeral 3 uh, .org. And that is our address, 1 Northeast 3rd Street, Oklahoma City. So that's our website. For any inquiries, you just email us at artspace at 1ne3.org and we can answer any questions that you have. We also have a little museum-style shop called The Hive that is within our walls. That is the way that we really support local artists. It's a gift shop, but everything in it is unique and handmade by local artists. We have one New York artist, one Colorado artist, and one New Mexico artist, and everybody else is uh, from the state of Oklahoma. Hmm. Everything is original. We don't carry lots of commercial-type, large quantity things that you might find in other shops and stuff around. So we are truly local. <laughs> if uh, That's kind of the buzzword right now. And we, there is no place more local than us. And it's our way to uh, support all of the Oklahoma artists that live here and work here and have decided to stay in Oklahoma. And we, we feature their works and it's really kind of nice because we started out as more of an exhibition space when we first started 22 years ago. But over the past few years, we have turned more into a space where you come and make art, learn about art, experiment, collaborate, and have dialogue about the creative experience. And our shop actually is where we can sell the work that's made in here, but not only that, we are bringing art into your life so that when you come here to buy something, you take it away and your life is enriched by uh, what you have, the story that's with whatever you buy. And we have everything from $8 to $8,000 in here. So if you have never been 
down here to see us, you should stop in at 1 Northeast 3rd Street and visit the hive. We have lots of busy bees out there throughout the community making work that they show here. I uh, and it's it's it, I, I, the first thing that comes to mind when I when I think of Art Space at Untitled is that it really does at least to me, and I would have to assume other people feel that way as well that it feels like part of the community. It's kind of like I love how on nice days the the, the front doors are open mm-hmm. and it feels very. I mean, at least from my perspective, it feels very welcoming. Mm-hmm. You know, it yeah. does not feel like some place that. And I know a lot of people if they have not necessarily if they're not comfortable or haven't gone to a lot of art galleries. Uh, or you know art museums that sometimes and I've talked to various people who've spoken about sometimes that can seem a little daunting or mm-hmm. different but it, it just for some reason seeing those doors open it really does feel like it's very welcoming yeah well thank you we want to have that people feel that way and it's a really old building that was built in 1924 hmm. and it's been it had been abandoned for like 30 years and so the roof was caved in and we put a lot of love in this building, fixing it up, and tried to keep the history of the building in here. And I think that people do appreciate when they walk in here that it hasn't been totally gentrified and made to look like everything else, you know. So it is, it has the unique history is just right there. So you, you kind of feel really comfortable when you walk in the door. It's kind of warm and fuzzy kind of <laughs> oh absolutely yeah. I, and I was going to even ask you uh if you could share a little bit about how you or the story about how you started art space or maybe under help listeners understand a little bit about uh you know how that how that started and how it's evolved over well, the years well I, I I am an artist and I started out as a realist painter and years into my career I kept thinking that there was nothing very intellectual about my realism. And so I wanted to explore abstraction and kind of under try to understand it. And so I started a journey of going to New York and going to all of the museums and all of the galleries. And I enrolled in a class with Eugene Bavinger at OU because he was kind of the great white father of abstract painting at that time in the, he was just about ready to retire. And uh, so this would be in the late seventies. So I enrolled in the class with him to see if I could wrap my brain around what this, this thing was that I didn't quite understand. I took a two year journey of really exposing myself to all kinds of art, contemporary art that was being made at the time in uh, New York and L.A., all over the world. And it was very exciting to me learning about all of the kinds of views that these artists had. And you were actually looking through another person's eyes at how they interpret different kinds of things and I found that real engaging and really loved it so over a matter of a few years I started exploring through photography actually because photography is realism and yet I was abstracting it because of the way that you turn the camera so I just that was part of my journey of going through leaving realism into 
this world of abstraction or conceptual art or whatever I was doing at the time. So I had studios around and I showed in about eight states and I was working 24-7 at my career and I had a studio that was in an old duplex and I moved out of there into a small 3,000, 2,000 square foot warehouse in northwest Oklahoma City. I decided that I wanted to kind of experiment with printmaking because I had been exposed to a little bit to printmaking and I traveled to Dallas to uh, work at a place called Peregrine Press and I had to pay something like I think it was $300 a day plus the cost of paper and everything to go and work there Mm. and I would go and work for three days so by the time I left, it, I had invested about $1,200 in the three days of working there in experimenting and playing and having kind of working in this sort of process that I knew nothing about. And But I was having a lot of fun, and I was really liking what was going on, and I had a friend who had a place in Dallas, and... He said, well, I think I could sell these for you, and why don't you leave them with me? And in two weeks, he'd sold all of my 20 pieces. Oh, wow. And so I thought, well, I'm pretty, this is pretty good. I think (laughs) that $1,200 was a good investment, so I think I'll go back again. And so I did that about two or three times Hmm. and, and was very successful in finding an audience for the these works. So then I decided, well, I think I'll just go buy my own press. And that's how I kind of got interested in uh, printmaking, because I, I am not a printmaker at all. I have never taken printmaking classes. I know nothing about printmaking, but I know a, I know a, a lot now. But, but I, that's just because this has been 30 years ago. But I use the printmaking for me, because I'm a mixed-media artist, I use it as just one part of a multimedia kind of experience in creating, you know, a work of art. But to make a long story short, I had to move um, out of my studio because when I got my press, it was gigantic. It was the size of a car, So I started looking for a new studio, and I was thinking that maybe about five or 6,000 square feet would be good. And as a child, I had grown up in Oklahoma City in downtown because in the 50s, there was nothing else. I mean, downtown was where all of the commerce happened. You know, if you wanted to buy a washing machine, you went downtown. If you wanted to buy a couch, you went downtown. If you wanted to buy clothes, you went downtown. So everything happened. Your insurance people were here. Your real estate people. Everybody was in this small little downtown area, but it was buzzing with walking down the street. You would run into people because it was just so crowded. 
and the the drug stores were down here. Everything, the movie theaters, anything that you wanted to do, the Oklahoma City Civic Center was the hub of any kind of performance and stuff like that. So it, I just remember that wonderful energy. And then when I was in college, they started blowing it all and tearing it all down. And they didn't go to the edges of town. They took the very center of downtown and totally destroyed it. And I was just heartbroken. And then it became this ghost town. And everything happened outside of the central area. And for some reason, I don't know why, but I just kept thinking, well, if I'm looking for a warehouse or a large open space, maybe I'll go down there and look. So I had a friend, and I asked him if he wouldn't show me some property. This building was the first building that he showed me. Mm-hmm. And at that time, this was in the ni- early 90s, at that time, if you wanted to buy a building downtown, they were pretty much owned like by the banks and stuff like that. So if you wanted to buy a building, they wanted you to buy the whole square block. <laughs> it was like, well, I, that's not going to happen. So, so I found this building on kind of the edge of downtown, which is on uh, what you would call the wrong side of the tracks because I'm on the east side of the tracks. But there was something about when I walked in the front door, the roof was caved in, the floor was caved in. It it was just awful. But something grabbed me, and I just said, I have to have this building. I have to be here. So I made an offer on it, and they turned me down. But sometime uh, later the next year, I got a call after the bombing, the Murrah building bombing, and they said, okay, we'll take your offer, and uh, but we, we want a little bit more money, but we're going to give you more land and more different kinds of things. So it ended up that I bought it in 95. My husband and myself and a brother-in-law and a, his lab man, we started just scraping it out and cleaning it up, and then we hired an engineer to tell us if the building was damaged too badly. And from that time on, you know, it was uh, one project at a time, the plumbing, the electric, getting electricians in to bring us up to code with the city and stuff like that. And we started, after we got rid of the bird stuff and cleaning it all up and we started sharing the building with the community saying you know why don't you come have a a meeting here or do something because we wanted people to watch the my art change because it became I want people to see that we're tearing down really incredible buildings and we're not doing anything with what we tore down and that we need to keep some of our history. We are we have eliminated and lost so much of our history in the city that that now somebody needs to start taking that 
and saying it's worthwhile and we're going to take this abandoned building and we're going to do something that gives back to the city and something that that good, creative, wonderful dialogue and everything starts happening in this building and hopefully it will have some kind of impact and people will quit tearing down, you know, great buildings and demolishing stuff. And so I've been not successful in that in that realm because uh, it still continues today. As far as I'm concerned, there's still a lot of uh, our history that we keep losing. And but there's a lot of great, wonderful things. I don't mean that, but but we still keep destroying what little bit of history that we have left, and I'm sad about that. So that's kind of how this art space happened. Actually, the building is titled, when we were building it, everybody said, well, what's the name of the building? And I said, well, it doesn't have a name. I mean, look on the front of it. Because a lot of building, old buildings, they would have the name on the front of it. Well, there was, this building had no name. Oh, and okay. so everybody kept saying, well, you've got to name it. You've got to name it. You've got to name it. And so <laughs> I said, okay, it's, the name of it is Untitled. <laughs> Which is a uh, which is a word that um, contemporary artists use frequently for the title of their painting, which is untitled, hmm. because they don't want the viewer to have any conceptual idea of what it is supposed to be. So if it's untitled, then you are left with this question, and when you look at it, you start seeing your own interpretation of it. So that's so I named the building Untitled, and so people still refer to us as Untitled oh, or okay. Art Space. So we kind of go by both of those names. So the correct description in name is Art Space at Untitled. That kind of separates us a little bit because there are hundreds of art spaces around the country. So this kind of gives us a actually a solid connection to a, a place which is here in Oklahoma City. I really really like that and it's uh, in fact I, I didn't know this has been very interesting for me. I've always wondered and I, and I didn't know the origin mm-hmm. of that. Uh, what I thought I would do if it's okay if we could take a quick break and then we could come back and hear a little bit about the current exhibit if yes. that, if that would be okay. Perfect. Thank you so much.